1: Turn up the fun with Crunch. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks
0: like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing
1: brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go!
0: Hello, welcome to the Always Be Comedy podcast. My name is James Gill, I am the MC at the multi-award-winning comedy nights, Always Be Comedy. I'm joined, as always, by my comedy husband, Always Be Comedy's very own tim lewis hello tim lewis hello james girl the always be comedy podcast is where we sit down with a guest and they curate what would be their dream comedy gig who would open who would close what sort of gigging nightmare that they've experienced must not under any circumstances happen at this fantasy comedy gig it's all this and so much more and by so much more we often mean quite a lot of gossip <laughs> Hello welcome to the Always Be Comedy Podcast. This is a bonus Edinburgh episode because we are a comedy podcast and we're all about comedy and comedians. We thought the least we can do, in fact it's our duty to do an Edinburgh bonus episode where we give you some of our picks for the Edinburgh Festival. You may or may not be heading up to watch the festival. We get quite a few people like non-comedian mates messaging and emailing what have you going we're on our way to Edinburgh. Quick, give us 10 recommendations now. And so, what we've done is we've come up with some picks for the festival. Uh, so, we'll, we'll, we'll start off with some picks. Uh, and then, Tim and I will have a bit of chat about Edinburgh, the state of Edinburgh, the future of Edinburgh. Uh, let, and also, let us know your thoughts. Please, uh, please do write in the team at alwaysbecomedy.com. So, if you are going to Edinburgh and want a recommendation, uh, Tim, I would say straight out the gates. I think Daniel Fox is going to have a great Edinburgh.
1: Danny Fox saw his final preview before the Fringe this week. This week, uh, Danny Fox is—if you don't know him, he's a new comedian. He's doing his debut year. You've probably seen his Instagram videos because uh, the amount of likes on them—it's <laughs> just astonishing. He's managed to find his own audience before his debut show. It's mad. It's absolutely incredible. And what he's written is a very slick, quite theatrical, brilliant uh, stand-up comedy show with some brilliant songs bookending it. It's really great.
0: We we had a gig uh, a few weeks slash months ago with Daniel Fox and Kyra Gray. And we, we said on the night, we said it to the crowd that we, it very much felt like uh, we were seeing the future uh, of comedy. Now, Kyra Gray is someone from the very first time we saw her at Always Be Comedy. Tim and I went, yep, yeah, she's brilliant. Uh, so that will be another one of my picks. The, the Pleasance Comedy Reserve at the Dome is very well documented for uh, helping to launch uh future superstars. So I know the likes of say, uh, Brett Goldstein, uh, Joe Lycett, uh, Rasheen Conaty, uh, m- many, many more all did the, 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 Pleasance comedy reserve. I would say Kyra Gray. If, if, if I, if I could buy shares in a comedian, I'd have my hand down the back of the sofa, uh, to, to find all the money I could. Cause I, I think Kyra Gray's got that, she's got that star quality. She's really funny. She's incredibly likable. Um, and yeah, I tell you what, mate, always absolutely storms it at ABC. And also, very much. She's a relatively new act.
1: I don't think I've ever seen her perform the same set twice. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it's it's quite rare to see that. Yeah, she, we've seen her several times and she's always writing new stuff. It's very cool. And I'm so excited to see how brilliant she's going to be. Like working on that 20 over a month, I think she's going to be, exceptional coming out of it. I suppose my problem with with Edinburgh
0: is it used to be the place where you would take a punt and you might end up... Of course, you see your favourite comedians, but I just wonder if people, the people that do go may not... Well, certainly based on what we hear, people don't take a punt in the way that they used to take a punt. So I would say if you're going up this year and you want to see a newer act, someone you might not have heard before, my... My pick of the of the punts, if you like, would would very much be Kyra Grey. And I imagine within nanoseconds of her walking on stage, because she's got that uh she's got that star quality, you'll go, Oh yeah, okay, I can I can see I can see Kyra uh being catapulted to success. Uh Tim, who else would you pick?
1: Okay, well this is a very self serving one because I'm teching the show. <laughs> but I think choice. Elliot- Cellia AB, second rodeo, is essential. Pleasant's Courtyard, 7.30, directed by Mike Wozniak. Already, what more do you need? She's performed at ABC possibly the most this year. <laughs> She's certainly in like, the top five acts who's done ABC the most this year.
0: I thought You've took the words out of my mouth. I would say, yeah, in the past year, she would be very, very high on the uh, most performances league table. Again... Never seen her perform the same set, always turning over new gear. Her writing is brilliant, great performer. cellular A B is a Tim, that's a phenomenal pick. So, so we love Cellular A B, and we someone that we've 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 championed and, and she does ABC a lot. Great dude as well. And then the, as Tim reminds me, the fact that Wozniak is directing the show is like a, that is an extra cherry on top. So yeah, Celia is a great recommendation. Also what a what a name for a show second rodeo uh great Great pick. pick. a show we saw very recently with uh, freya parker um i don't want to spoil it because there is a story there and i think if i was to say what it was about it would ruin everything but i can say tim it's a very personal show it's an emotional show Oh, it's a show that stayed with me so much and i i was up in leeds visiting family and the the highest compliment i can pay the show is that i was uh i was performing reliving swathes of of the show f- uh, for my family and i think i think i think that's a it's a really i think she's got a special show on her hands there
1: yeah phrase great if you so freya was, and sort of still is, in the double act, Lazy Susan, who, if you've seen before, just know, read just another level. Freya's doing a solo show for the first time this year at uh, 10 to 6, Flynn's Courtyard, and she is just exceptional. We were talking about this on the Scott Bennett episode that came out earlier this week, available now. Um, we talked about her comedy chops through acting. Uh, she's in the new Wonka movie. Funnily enough. Um, what she brings is just crazy. Her acting ability and comedy performance is so fantastic. I really think people are gonna get behind her and love it. Freya Parker, It Ain't Easy
0: Being Cheeky, uh, Pleasance Courtyard. Now, another show we've seen is some Chloe Pets. If you can't say anything nice, uh Chloe. Terrific comedian, Tim.
1: Yeah, Chloe has this only her second show, but I guess, I guess, because of lockdown, it's probably (laughs) I don't know if if there were no lockdowns, she'd probably be on to her fourth or fifth show at this stage. Yeah, Chloe performs like a veteran, she is just such a powerful performer, uh, so charming. I feel like. You could sort of be into any style of comedy, and if you go see her, you'll be delighted. Uh,
0: obviously, John Robbins is, is... I mean, that's sort of... That's essential. Me recommending John Robbins is about as useful as me recommending Oppenheimer at the cinema. But, <laughs> yeah. but John Robbins, uh, synonymous with Edinburgh, uh, a, a, a former champ. his new show is Howl. Tim, am I saying that he's doing Howl, and then he's also doing... a. a, a like a work in progress show during the day.
1: Yes, he is. Uh he's doing howl at ten to nine and he's doing a work in progress at five past three. How do I know all this? It's because I'm checking the shows. Thank you.
0: He's very he's very good. Oh, Rachel Parry's work in progress. I mean it's a smaller run, ninth to the thirteenth of August. We saw the work in progress just last week. Pure Paris. Hilarious. Great performance. Great behind the keyboard, uh, yeah. If, if you just if you want to if you want to go see a, a, a terrific work in progress show, it was banged out that night. Those who were there will be nodding in agreement. Uh, that's a must. Rosie Holt, that's Paul Tim, that's a that's a terrific show as well.
1: Yeah, that's a show uh, I've been lucky enough to see twice through her previewing it at ABC. Uh, the show is just coming along so well I think so we we've seen it in you know a small comedy club I think when she's gonna be like the big Pleasance theatre with all the lights all the dry ice uh, I think it's gonna come together and look like a West End show I think it's gonna be superb I really really think it's an exciting show
0: now there's, there's there's loads and there'll be there'll be mates of ours listening going how you saw my preview how can we how can you recommend it probably through human error we apologize uh any magliano we saw an early iteration of that show i can't believe you've done this anya again falls squarely into that uh absolute star of tomorrow I mean she's a star now isn't she but uh will be a behemoth in the future we're both huge anya fans tim
1: Absolutely uh, at, On the day of recording She's just announced she sold out the entire run She said there's going to be Extra shows But Look Saying that your run Before a fringe begins Is something that Very few comedians can do So you must know Anya is An absolute Megastar In the waiting I promise I didn't know that <laughs> yeah, yeah I think she did that last year You know She did she, Doing it two years in a row Is just Mad It's testament to how brilliant she is can i give a very broad recommendation please do i would like to give a shout out to monkey barrel comedy club who i think are doing a lot of good work in showcasing uh working class comedians their own scottish talent and not to get into finances of edinburgh but their deals are fairer than other venues um so And also, the way they program it is just incredible. So, yeah, the fact that Nish Kumar, Ed Gamble, they go to Monkey Barrel when they want to do their fringe run, when they could easily do the gigantic circus tents, I think it just shows how brilliant Monkey Barrel is. So, yeah, I want to give a shout-out to Monkey Barrel because I think what they do is genuinely very impressive. I sort of see them... I, I do see them as, like an edinburgh abc i don't know if that's a mad thing to say if it is it's a compliment i mean it <laughs> um some of the shows you can see there you can see sakisa you can see an evening of crystal bliss i'm taking that you can see andrew O'Neill, you can see dan tiernan lots of incredible acts john Kearns, josh Pugh, adam richard's game show i'm taking that and all uh Anything at the Monkey Barrel, I think you're going to be onto a winner because the way they program is so bold and brilliant. I think they're great. Really good.
0: Sir so Keith will be another recommendation of of what I, I've seen. Uh, swathes of that show. Once again, a very, very funny show. Uh, Reese James was with him last night. He's doing a run up there from the 14th to 20th, 20th of August. Reese James, in my opinion, one of the best comedians alive today i think he's a phenomenal comedian
1: yeah that show he did yesterday so this is the show he's been touring for months and months so it's in the shape of his life it is not not an inch of fat on it <laughs> it's perfect it's constant jokes so well written so his own style I just think he's nailed it. Uh, I, uh, may, maybe one, maybe one last one,
0: obviously do more if you want him. maybe one last one, uh, friend of the night, we saw the full show. Uh, we, In fact, we saw the very, very first iteration of the show. And then we saw the full preview version, Marcus Brigstock, Cheese and Wine. If you want uh, just an all out funny, that show is just trying to be as funny as possible. Here's the premise the clue is in the title Marcus Brigstock walks on performs i so, uh, walks on with a with a with a, uh, a cheese board with multiple cheeses on it bear with me he performs stand up <laughs> and then he turns to the crowd and says right you've all heard me have a wine i want to hear one of you have a wine give me something to what what what, what are you going to whine about so we saw somebody whine about the fact that their housemate, who is also their landlord, keeps the cooking oil far too away, far too far away from the oven, and it ruined their uh, plans to cook each time. Right, perfect, petty gripe. And then Marcus will then improvise, stand up based on the wine. He'll, he'll riff on the topic, and then as a thank you, he will reward that particular audience member with a type of cheese and Marcus, because he, he is an actual cheese Meister, tries to match a specific cheese with the nature of the wine. It's pure fun. Uh, Tim, that is a, that's a hilarious show of Marcus's
1: it's great. It, this is, look, this is why the Edinburgh fringe is so good. Marcus Brigstock has been writing hours and hours of fantastic narrative driven Comedy. This is him trying something quite different. It's sort of it's a bit improvvy. Is it, Brigstock doing what Brickstock
0: does best? It is it great is. stand-up, audience interaction, and improvisation. I mean, it's a perfect showcase for Marcus's uh, talents. What uh, one last uh, recommendation? Uh, Josh Jones, gobsmacked. Josh Jones is just one of those dudes with naturally funny bones, innately likable, a bit in the way that say like a. Uh, uh, a Peter K or an alan Carr uh they have that quality Ashley B's got it as well. They have that quality where you just want to be their best friend and Josh Jones has that in abundance. Josh Jones gobsmacked uh is doing the full run. he's at the
1: Pleasance. uh Tim, any other business? Well look there's a thing there's so many there are gonna be so many incredible shows I could I could be listing for an hour. In
0: the spirit of transparency, Tim and I disagree on nothing, apart from two things, the films of Christopher Nolan, which I have to sort of go back on now because I thought Oppenheimer was a Oh, good. I'm so pleased. Uh, <laughs> Christopher Nolan is my favourite film director of all time, right? Tim, less so. So we don't agree on that. And then the other thing we don't really agree on is the Edinburgh Festival because it's it's not my cup of tea. But it could not be more Tim's cup of tea. But Tim, you are, in a way, in my eyes, you are sort of the king of Edinburgh.
1: Wow. (laughs) Really? That's lovely. Um, I would say I'm one of the biggest Edinburgh apologists because it has a huge amount of problems, which I I agree with all of them. But then if you ask me, are you going? Yes, of course. Uh, Why? Because I find it fun. And that's what it. That's the only argument I've got. You see, the thing is, who am
0: I to rain on that parade? If my mate goes there every year, has a great time and has fun, I mean, we could, in a way, we could actually stop. <laughs> Sometimes I'd love to go on like, a new show, you know, and they have these debates and it's just sort of like, they want yeah. two people to argue. I'd love to go on one and then someone makes a point and i go, I mean, that's that's a pretty good point. I'm happy to go home, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. you've, got, you've got to say something combative. No, no, I think they've made a good point. Um, you see, I, I've read, as, as a lot of people know, because I've talked about it on the episode, I, I read a lot of books about comedy and comedians. And I read Craig Ferguson's excellent autobiography. And he tells the story. He used to do his uh, Bing Hitler character. And I, it's, a, it's a while since I read this book, so I am sort of paraphrasing. But Bing Hitler didn't have that many audience members in. And then he, he got, I think, a solitary favorable review and he said the next night it was people were like snaking around the block and then fast forward a few years and he's got his own hit talk show in America following David Letterman, right? I mean, obviously there's more, there's a lot more to it than that, but Craig Ferguson, such a success story, you know, and I think he's incredible. Those monologues, but anyway, that's another story. And I just, I just think that too many people go to Edinburgh, too many comedians go to Edinburgh, thinking that is the sort of thing that can happen. Whereas th- that thing, generally speaking, Tim, it doesn't really happen anymore.
1: Sadly, it doesn't, really. You see, you always see everyone going up on the trains, so full of hope, clutching their award-winning scripts, or so they hope. And unfortunately, it's not really the kingmaker it once was. I, yeah, I think The Fringe is brilliant for a lot of reasons, but I do think sometimes people do go up expecting, well, Fleabag started a Fringe show, and that's <laughs> people <it> a bridge. <laughs> is it a new Indiana Jones film, Edward James Bond, or, or whatever. And I think lovelies have those goals, but it's tricky. It's It's an absolute slog for... Even the most successful show, you're going to be absolutely wrecked by the end of that month.
0: Emotionally, physically, mentally, and you know, probably most heartbreakingly of all, fi- you know, financially. And I know too many good dudes, and you know, really, really damn fine comedians have gone up there. Let's diplomatically say, had a real tough time of it, and come home with a five figure debt off the back. And I just, I personally with get in inverted commas, I just, I, I don't get Edinburgh. Um, so Tim, if we're looking to the future, how does it, how do, ca, can Edinburgh survive? Cause I, I put, if I, if I was a gambling man, and when I do gamble, we're talking like one pound 50 each way in the US masters. I just, I can't, I don't see how it survives unless something
1: drastic changes has to change immeasurably. It's for better or for worse, M fringe is the least relevant it's ever been. It people now have so many other different ways of finding an audience and a lot of that isn't performing to eight people in like the basement of like a sandwich bar.
0: We've heard this from multiple comedians where their agent has said you've got to do Edinburgh to which they've said the money that I would spend on Edinburgh I could pay to film my own special and then from the special would have lots of clips that I could share across the socials. Uh, we, we We know of one comedian who did Edinburgh last year you know it was by their own admission it was really difficult and then they've had more joy since they've got back by sharing clips across social media in order to sell tickets for a tour than... Because back back in the day, you could get such a... You'd ride such a a tidal wave of positivity at Edinburgh that you could sell a tour off the back of Edinburgh. Whereas I don't know how... I don't know how true that is anymore. I just wonder if Edinburgh is doing the thing that Edinburgh is supposed to do. So that a comedian who Tim and I both know... The reason why I can't name is because if someone said something to you in a private conversation, you probably can't say their name on, on a podcast. And that's fair enough comedian said that what the, the, the where edinburgh is at now is that if you're a new, a brand new act wanting to treat edinburgh like a boot camp where you do as many gigs as you can and then you can come home a better comedian then it it's really good for that and then at the other end of the spectrum if you're a massive act and you want to get a tour show into ship shape you can go in there you can go up there and do 20 30 dates and almost treat it like a run of work in progress shows then it's great for them but he said and it's it's then everyone in the middle who can really suffer and uh i think i think there's probably a lot of truth in that but t- tim i mean we're both positive dudes so say something positive what 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 are the what are the what are the still great things about edinburgh
1: uh it's just it's exciting the atmosphere is wonderful all the time look is you get (laughs) jaded and annoyed by flyers but actually it's just people are so excited they've worked hard on a show they want people to see it that enthusiasm does come out it's really wonderful um i remember ahisha described it it was like university halls you're just running into people you know all the time it's so lovely i i I don't go 20 minutes without bumping into someone who I haven't seen for years. It's it still feels like a hub. It feels like, still feels like everyone's up there, even though Valves isn't the case, but it's just constant creativity. You see so much talent. I think that's it. You just see what people have been working on for 11 months a year, been building towards this Edinburgh show they've been doing and they finally unleash it. And it's, it's there. It's brilliant. And I think it's just so fun. It's so exciting. I remember last year walking back to my flat at 2am and I had just been to see a comedian do some new material for an hour at 1am at the Monkey Barrel. And <laughs> that's just such a mad thing that can occur. It's so exciting. I I get to see a Daniel Kitson show at half 10 in the morning next week i just it just it's a massive arts festival there isn't really anything else like it in the world not to that size and scale um yeah for me <laughs> the logic is yeah this thing really needs to change emotionally i just can't not love it it's just i, I love that you love it
0: now this this is the same problem with acting and it's, and I know, I know regular listeners will know that I've got, there is a working class chip on the shoulder, but unfortunately, and again, this is where it really needs to change. It favors acts who are from money. And so if you are a working class comedian, you li- you quite literally cannot afford to do the Edinburgh Festival, unless you work all year with a full-time job as, you know, certainly something that, you know, I'd, I'd, a, uh, a regular quote normal job for many 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 years and would we'll dash off from finishing there to, to do gigs what have you so those guys would have to work all year save up a king's ransom uh go up to edinburgh you know spend five figures i mean it's that is so rough whereas if if you are from a background where you're uh lucky enough to uh be able to aff- just simply afford to live up there and do the festival so my worry is that we're going to lose a lot of working class comedians. It's It already feels like it's impacted the acting industry and it would be, it would be heartbreaking if it affected the comedy industry as well. And I, I mean, I, Tim, I, I, I wonder, it probably has impacted the comedy industry already.
1: It It has. It's very sad. There are, there are multiple like, organisations who are working on like bursaries for some working-class comedians, which I've seen, which I think has to be applauded and is brilliant. But if you think about... I don't know. I, I don't want to pick on anyone. I saw there was a bursary for working-class comedians, uh, and that's brilliant. However, the amount they got, that's not even covering half your rent because the landlord problem in Edinburgh, it's an all year round thing. That fringe is just astonishing what people are having to pay because greed and money has taken over.
0: You might be listening, thinking, well, always be comedy. You're talking a good game about working class. You might not be thinking this. You might be thinking this is an interesting chat. In fact, I hope that's exactly what you're thinking, but you might be thinking, well, what have you done about it? Always be comedy. When we're on lockdown, we read, we read a, a guardian piece about working class comedians and it had, it, it impacted Tim and I, and stayed with us so much that we phoned each other and we were like, "We need to do something about this." So we we booked these acts, and they are now very much part of the Always Be Comedy furniture. Uh, Josh Pugh, I mean, our relationship with Josh, uh, I hope, almost goes without saying. He's doing four. He's doing four shows with us over the next few uh, weeks and months. Sakisa uh, again is a. This is. This is. I'm really. Patting ourselves on the back here, but but I want to know that we we do care about this sort of thing. Uh, Sakisa is someone who's gone on record and believes that uh, Always Be Comedy had helped her career. I mean, very self aggrandizing And then Jacob Hawley is a, a, another comedian who we uh, love a great deal and have, and have championed and worked with, and we did uh, online corporate shows with, uh, with with Jacob as well. So we you know we, we I, I hope we we are. Uh, yeah, there's that, there's that old, uh, this is a, a misquote about it's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. The line from Batman begins because it, it, it's all very well uh, talking a good game, but you, you also need to you need to play the good game. So there is the working class problem in comedy is something that Tim and I uh, talk about. We, we, we You know, we talk about quite quite a lot. Uh, and t- and the thing is, Tim, if 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 the working class voice isn't being represented at, at Edinburgh, I feel like culturally we're 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 missing out on something there, aren't
1: we? Yeah, of course. It can't just be <laughs> sons of MPs and so on. That's not that's not a reference to anyone. I must stress, but it's
0: because that's not reflective. You know, comedy needs to reflect what people are thinking and reflect society. I'll, I'll bring it back to Josh Pugh. His new special is out now. But someone yeah. like someone like Josh Pugh, uh, his new special. I mean, that God, I can't say. I mean, I can't say enough great things. But no, you can't just. You, where is the comedy for the everyday person? If, as Tim says, it's just being produced by God. This is this is a more serious and angry discussion than we were perhaps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, sorry to, to add to that. I find that it, it's absolutely maddening. It's maddening for me, and I have always lived in London. <laughs> so, you know, part of the problem. But the amount of, like, lists that go out, say, 10 shows see in Edinburgh, and the lack of, like, Scottish talent <laughs> that are on, is just mad. I know the incredible comedians like Mark Nelson, Christopher MacArthur Boyd, Liam Whiffle, they're all working up for And thankfully, people are paying attention and, like, noticing how brilliant they are. But... Should be fucking home game for them. and I don't know the industry. Just I, I don't know if I can keep this in, but, but it's just it's very it's very bizarre seeing Scottish talent being ignored at an arts festival happening in Scotland. So 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 how does Edinburgh save itself? I get
0: I guess one of the only ways is, and this is never going to happen in a million years, is where the government return to giving better arts funding to those who need arts funding
1: yeah um, accommodation needs to be a lot cheaper not just for acts but for audiences too like my brother comes up every year which is lovely to him but he can't really if he didn't have a family friend who owns a flat there he couldn't afford to pay my friend she's going up she's staying in like a fairly central hotel she's paying like a grand for less than a week and that's without seeing any shows, buying any food, even buying any train tickets. That's just to stay in a cheap room. So, t- so too many guys in Edinburgh are
0: thinking short term. They think we're going to charge the earth for whatever yeah. it might be, accommodation and what have you. So great, in the short term, well done, you've made your money. But in the long term, I mean, we're, we're the fact that we're having this conversation now, there might not be a long term. So, yeah. All you're doing is p- they're just pissing on their own chips. I wish I'd come up with a more highbrow quote than that. But, <laughs> but ultimately, that is, sort of, that is sort of what it comes down to. So if Edinburgh's not careful, it is the festival that has, that has sort of eaten itself, isn't it?
1: It is. And it's such a shame because for World's Biggest Art Festival, so many of my favourite memories of my life have been made there. And I'm sure I'll make some more, you know, next week. But... I don't know. I just hope people can be a bit less greedy and just. And,
0: and then, and then we, we, there's, and then, you know, like say, I mean, some of the, I mean, I, I do feel for some of the comedy PR companies, because I know they've taken a, they've taken a, a shoeing and I, and from a mental health point of view, that, that can't be nice. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> however, um, we, Tim and I have heard some horror stories from comedians who've paid big money I mean there's what there's one story, there's one you know, quite well-known story about a, a certain double act, and they 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 paid this comedy PR like top dollar. The comedy PR then met one member of the double act and to and they said to the member of the double act, which one are you? God. <laughs> and you're like,
1: I may as well put my money on a fire. Yeah. Um, I won't say who this was, but a brilliant comedian who's doing brilliant brilliant shows critically recognized shows as well for past five years someone ran into them in one of the industry bars last year and said congrats on your fantastic debut this year Uh, tim just to just to wrap up if
0: i'm honest not that this was a competition but if it was like if it was like a game show where we both debated and then somebody had to decide who won the debate, you you win. You your your enthusiasm won me over. I went into this chat because, as you know, I, I fear that my opinion on Edinburgh I've been too dogmatic up until about half an hour ago, and I, I, <laughs> my opinion was so set in stone, which you have since chiselled away. I was so adamant that that is what I believed about the Edinburgh Festival, but having talked it through with you I think I wonder if I'm wrong I maybe it's not the end for the Edinburgh Festival it does need change I would like to see more dudes get more help and yet also in the same breath if comedians don't want to do Edinburgh anymore and they want to do it via the socials or just do it their own way however that might be
1: then you know that's equally cool I guess of course I I don't really know what's going going to happen with Edinburgh I think it's in a it's in a very weird place. It was in a weird place last year, and everyone was like, "Well, <laughs> thank. That hopefully, they've got a year to fix things." And if I'm honest, doesn't really feel like that's particularly happening. But I don't know. With place like Monkey Barrel, with the Free Fringe it's still a very good thing. Um, for Big Four venues are still programming excellent shows in excellent spaces. I think. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens, but I won't lie. When I'm there, I hopefully <laughs> will be having a lovely time, as I often do.
0: Uh, and also, Tim, I, I don't. I didn't mean to appear down on anyone who, because if you are from, if you are from a, a a very affluent background, that's 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 not your fault. You can't be like, oh well, I'm not going to do comedy because. <laughs> One of the guys from Always Be Comedy is cross about it. That's, that's obviously not what I'm saying. All I am saying is, it would be, it would just be nice, I guess, to have a few more uh, of a, 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 a richer array of voices coming through. Absolutely, yes, exactly that, exactly that. I mean, look, I'm well aware that the counter to that is, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. But all I'm saying is that historically, Edinburgh has been such a great uh, breeding ground breakthrough for lots of working class comedians. Frank Skinner leaps to mind. Steve Coogan uh is another and it would be lovely for that to continue. But I but ultimately I guess in 2023 there are there are simply other ways for people of different backgrounds to have that breakthrough. And to bring it back to Josh Pugh, I spoke with him about this last week. And this is someone who does his weekly videos every monday and is now one of the most electrifying comedians in the country with a following taboo and he got that following not via edinburgh but but via doing those hilarious videos each monday so maybe team it is maybe an oversimplified maybe over positive conclusion but i hopefully all these things can coexist edinburgh can survive it it probably does need help uh, and then also that there ultimately there are other ways for dudes to get that breakthrough. Edinburgh. Isn't the be all and end all like it used
1: to be. Yeah. Edinburgh is certainly not for be all and end all. There's so many different avenues. People used to think it was just TV. People used to think it was just Edinburgh. It's all sorts of different things. And I think people are continuing to innovate and that's what's so exciting. Beautifully put. We
0: hope you enjoyed this uh bonus episode i will concede that tim won the debate i will now i sound positive i will now sulk until i see tim i'm only joking i will <laughs> until i see tim uh, always be comedy in a couple of hours huge and heartfelt thanks uh, we're very grateful tim huge thanks to you as well
1: huge thanks to you james i've really enjoyed this chat and i hope you have too
0: cheers dudes take care